Looking for new threads? Well, we've got you covered at the Music Is Live podcast official merch store over at tpublic.com. Whether it's t-shirts, baseball tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, travel mugs, phone cases, or onesies for your infant rockers and metalheads, you can find everything you're looking for over at the Music Is Live podcast merch store at tpublic. Go to my link tree at l-i-n-k-a-t-r dot e-e forward slash Music Is Live podcast and get your merch today. Buy my stuff and thanks for your support. TerraNut is proud to offer you a natural nut bar chock full of healthy fats, minerals, and protein that meet your demands. Go to their website, www.terranut.com. You can order from them directly, and they will ship it to you. Use my coupon code, LUMAVS, and you will get a 25% discount on your first order. TerraNut Superfood Snacks, www.terranut.com. Don't forget to use coupon code, LUMAVS, at checkout. Fuel your life. You're listening to the Music Is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. Hello and welcome to the Music Is Life podcast. I'm Lou Mabs, and I'm a musician from Long Island, New York, born and raised in Astoria, Queens, been playing out for almost 20 years, have some experience in playing in original bands, cover bands, tribute bands. I've seen so many changes in my life, especially when it comes to hard rock, heavy metal, hardcore, seen a lot of it. And I want to welcome you to the first official episode of the Music is Live podcast. Thanks for listening in. Um, okay. <laughs> Very uneventful. Anyways, so the reason why I started this podcast was because I had a talk with my brother-in-law, Michael Lamont of Mara, who you can catch him on Instagram and Facebook, giving him a plug right there. You know, uh, I've known Mike for the better part of 30 years now. You know, we went to third grade together, and we both ended up marrying sisters which is pretty cool. Anyway, so he sat me down one time, and I told him, you know what, I'm really proud of you that you started with chartyourtrade.com, and you went on to Mara, and you're doing very successful. You know, you're getting in the thousands of views uh, on, on Instagram and Facebook and, and, and Twitter. You know, you're getting all these uh, these hits to your content. And, you know, I said, I wish I had something of value that I could give to people. And he said, well, look, You've been playing music in a live setting for 20 years. You've recorded. You've performed in some of the most incredible venues in New York City. Like, why don't you talk about life as a musician, you know? And I said, well, it's not like I have any gold or platinum records. And he says, who cares? You know, that kind of thing is irrelevant. A musician is a musician. You pick up a guitar, you play it, you perform it for people. People come to the end of the show and they tell you, my God, you put on a great show. You're a musician. doesn't matter if you're playing your own music or if you're playing someone else's. If you're having fun and you're bringing value to people's lives by entertaining them and you have that guitar wrapped around you, you're a musician. So I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. So that's what this episode is about. Well, that's what this podcast is about. But the, for the first episode, you know, I thought long and hard about 
what life was like for me as a musician back in the early 2000s to what it is today. Now, in the early 2000s, when I was in my early 20s, I'm not going to lie, I had visions in my head of being an original artist, being on a tour bus, going around the country, possibly even the world, you know, doing the crazy things that you read your heroes do about. Not not do about, but, you know, the, the crazy things that your heroes do, with the exception of drugs. Never been a drug user. I can I can attest to that. And I just remember some of the venues that I've played in the past. I've played the Dublin Pub in New Hyde Park on more than one occasion. I've played the downtown in New York City. I want to make sure I'm not talking about the down. Wait, there's the downtime and the downtown. I think, okay. No, it was the downtime because the downtown in Farmingdale is now Croxley's. This is the downtime in uh, New York City, uh, which also went by the name Albion Batcave. I don't know if it still goes by that or if, even if it's still around. I've played the Continental. I've played Kenny's Castaways, Acme Underground. Um, I've been to venues in Queens, such as Castle Heights, um, Voodoo Lounge. I've been to Lemoor in Brooklyn. Uh, I've seen some great shows around the city. I, you can't forget the Roseland Ballroom. I can't tell you how many great shows I've seen at the Roseland Ballroom. Never performed there, but I've seen many bands there, and it was great. Um, even on Long Island. Long Island had Pure. I remember the band Converge from Boston. Great hardcore band, or noisecore, whatever you want to call them. But I'm a Converge fan, so I'm not insulting them. I remember Converge played Pure and I think they almost destroyed the venue. <laughs> Not like Bad Luck 13 Riot Extravaganza at the Hellfest in New Jersey in 2004, but this is Converge we're talking about, and I don't think there's ever a single uh, non-moving body at a Converge show. Um, it's it's nuts. But anyways, but back to uh, the name dropping at hand. Uh, the Crazy Donkey in Farmingdale. You know, I've I'm so proud of the fact that I got that I could say that not only have I been to so many great shows, but I've played so many great venues. The question is, where the hell did all of them go? And it's something that baffles my mind because I felt like those clubs were providing value. They were providing value for the music-loving public. I thought they were providing value for the young band, the young upstart band that, you know, had the dreams in their eyes of, like, making it and making music their full-time career and, you know, just being on those stages and thinking about, like, the people that came before them. Like, I remember playing the Continental in front of a sold-out crowd and looking around and I'm seeing pictures of Axl Rose and seeing pictures of Iggy Pop, the Ramones, pictures of Slash from GNR, and I'm just thinking, wow, I'm on the same stage that these guys played when they first came to New York. Well, I mean, Iggy Pop was from Detroit, and, you know, as we all know, Guns N' Roses is from L.A., so the fact that Continental was one of the first places that they played is pretty amazing. But here I am, a, a, a kid raised in Queens, New York, you know, same, same borough as the Ramones, who I still say is the greatest punk rock band of all time, Debate me on it. Um, 
know, here I am playing the same stage as them. Oh, I even forgot about the Pyramid Club, which actually operated as a gay bar when it wasn't a uh, uh, a venue that promoted uh, punk rock, hardcore, and metal shows. So, you know, the question is, like, you know, where did they all go? And the truth is, I don't know. Where is the market for new music, for new rock? Where did it all go? It, it's something that I'll never know because when I'm walking in the streets, I'll see kids rocking Iron Maiden shirts. Mind you, these are kids that are 12 years old. Maiden's been out since 1980 when their first LP came out. So obviously there's a love for the classics, but are we so conditioned to knowing the music that we were raised on or knowing our parents' music that we've completely forgotten that there's still bands out there that are providing quality music? Like, it drives me nuts. I personally would love to see a lot of the bands on Sumerian Records reach enormous success. But in today's musical climate, it's completely difficult. I remember having this discussion with my wife. You know, because she listens to pop radio. And I'm not knocking it, and I don't begrudge her her musical taste. But the thing that drives me nuts is that I'll put on Z100. And with the exception, Z100 is a pop music station in uh, in New York. And with the exception of Walk the Moon, I can't tell the difference between anybody. And and that's not me saying that I'm I'm ignorant to what's hip or what's hot. But, example, there was a Demi Lovato song that was on the radio. And then the next song that came on was an Ariana Grande song. And I remember talking to my wife, asking my wife. I asked her, wow, this is a really long song. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, the songs are going on for like five minutes right now. And she said, what are you talking about? That's, this is Ariana Grande we're listening to. That was Demi Lovato that just went on before. And I'm like, what the hell? I can't tell the difference. Wow, now I'm starting to sound like Eddie Chunk. Now, (laughs) I'm not saying that modern music is bad. I'm not saying that modern music should be ignored. If anything, one of the things that I loved about growing up in the 80s, if you had MTV or... If you watched Friday Night Videos on NBC, one of the cool things about it was that you were exposed to different kinds of music. You know, you were exposed to a pop video, a rap video, um, a rock video, a metal video. You know, you you were exposed to these things, and and it it was great. It was great. It was... As David Lee Roth said, it was the college of musical knowledge. And being in the eight, growing up in the 80s, you know, you still had love for the music of the 50s to, you know, to what was going on at the time. Then all of a sudden, it seems as though everything switched where it's like, oh, no, we, we, have, a, we, we have an agenda of pushing this kind of music that's, that's hot right now because... This is what's in. Now, growing up in Queens, I'm not going to lie. You know, I love old school hip-hop. Everything from the 80s till about 
the mid-90s. You know, I, I appreciated the realness of it. I appreciated the poetry of it. I appreciated the uh, the artistry behind it. But I listen to rap now, and I'm like, my God, why are these record labels trying to push this mumble rap stuff on us? Are they clutching at straws? You know, find, why can't you find me someone of quality? I mean... I'll tell you, the biggest thing about hip-hop that's excited me was the freaking rap battle going on between MGK and Eminem. Amazing. You know, I was like, wow, I I, I haven't seen uh, a rap battle since uh, early 2000s when, what's-his-face, uh, 50 Cent wiped the floor with Ja Rule. And, uh, by the way, Ja Rule, no disrespect, bro. You try to pull Firefest Fest 2, you're an idiot. That's all i got to say about that. But anyways, back to the point at hand. It's music. Look, I'd be ignorant if I said that music wasn't a product. Of course, music isn't a, of course music is a product. Music is a product that record labels put out because they're trying to draw revenue. The point of a business is to draw profit. And I think it's a shame that record labels are clutching at straws right now trying to just sign everybody that sounds alike without any dose of originality. And usually it'll take one band in the underground or one indie band to cause such a such a flux in what's going on. Like all it'll take would be one band to just say, wow, these guys are doing it all themselves. This indie band that's releasing their own music, printing their own merchandise. Oh, they work full-time jobs and they do this for fun? Oh, but they have how many hits on YouTube? They have how many downloads on iTunes? Wow, we got to sign them. This is the next big thing. I personally think record labels are dead. I do not think that record labels provide any value to musicians at all. I think the best thing for musicians to do right now is take advantage of the fact that they have the ability to record all of their own content, all their own original material. They could do it. They could just plug their guitar into an interface, into their iPad, put on Guitar Hero, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Guitar Hero, uh, uh, Garage Bands. And they could create music on their own, and they don't have to have someone over them telling them what to do. They could just put their art, put their heart on, 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 on digital and just record it and mess around with it till it sounds the way they want it to sound and release it to the world. And prime example of that succeeding, Chance the Rapper, probably the only independent artist. And by that, I don't even think he signed to an independent label. I mean, he's doing it everything on his own, which you got to admit, that's impressive because the guy's a Grammy winner. Personally, I don't hold any value to the Grammys because for the longest time, they paid no mind to heavy metal. And then the first year that they have a heavy metal award, they gave it to Jethro Tull. And then every year after that, they've been giving it to Metallica. Why? Because the word metal's in the name. 
I love Metallica. Don't get me wrong. But you're going to tell me you're going to give Motorhead a Grammy Award for a Metallica cover? I go, Volt. And I'm not even Jewish. But <laughs> the point is, we live in an age right now where I think musicians, if you want to write original material, you don't have to wait to be discovered. You can just go out and put it out yourself. That's the beauty of social media. That's what it was created for, you know, to promote your art, to promote your the value that you want to give to the world out there. And the ability to just buy a guitar or buy a keyboard Get an interface, plug it into your iPad or your or, or your phone or not your well, you can even put GarageBand on your phone as well, but on your computer and just record and and do something and put it out there. And if it strikes a chord with people, they will come to you. We're living in a world right now where the musician, the artist, has the power to really do what they want and not have to worry about buckling down to the system. I'm not going to say to the man, because that would sound stupid coming from me. I'm a 38-year-old Greek male, and if I say to the man, that's going to sound pretty stupid. But there, I just said it anyways. I want to give a big shout-out to a gentleman who hosts a podcast called the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast and the Vieira Vault, Ralph Vieira. He is a gentleman who releases his own music with his band Thrash or Die. There's also his band Combat, and uh, he's got one other band that's coming out. I do apologize, Ralph, I forgot the name of it, but I'll definitely be happy to name drop it on the next uh, podcast. But he works for the city of Miami. I believe in sanitation. And he puts his music on his uh, out on his own. He actually funds the recording, he pays his bandmates, and the cool thing about it is he's a self-promoting machine. He puts the material out there, and he breaks even, and he makes sure that his bandmates get paid and that he is paid back for all the T-shirts that he presses, the vinyl, the CDs, and guess what? He's not broke. He's not destitute. He has a job with the city, but he's still putting out his material on his own, on his own terms, on his own conditions. And that's the greatest kind of value that a musician, I think, could do for themselves. So, Ralph Vieira, big shout-out to you because you do what I wish that I had done 16 years ago. Believe it or not, I brought up the same idea to past bandmates, and they looked at me like I had five heads. So that's when I knew, okay, this ship is sinking, I'm bailing, but you're actually out there doing it. So I give you all the credit in the world. God bless you, Rob. Great job. Really happy for you and really happy for the success of Thrash or Die. But that's how you make it in today's music. You can't be a musician anymore and expect to be riding, you know, jet planes and living the life of Led Zeppelin where it's like, you know, you can destroy uh, a hotel room and an insurance policy is going to pay for everything you do. It's not like that anymore. But you could still release the music that you want to hear and that you think people want to hear. Don't put value in stock in what, you know, the, the corporate record labels are doing because they'll drop you if you don't even sell 300,000 copies. 
But if you sell 100,000 copies on your own, what do you need a label for? You don't. I think the old way is dead. I think people need to, I'm sorry, not people, well, people, but musicians in general need to embrace the new way of doing things because it can't go back. Long time ago, when Van Halen signed to Warner Brothers Records, you know, they were signed on a Motown deal where I think that their cut for every album was a percentage of a point. And by the time I think their first album cycle of touring was done, they ended up owing the record label uh, one or two million dollars. And they had just shipped platinum. No band nowadays in today's climate can succeed with that. And if you do, it's because you got some big money funding you. But let me tell everybody something that they may know or they may not want to hear it or they may not want to believe it. A record label is no different, no different than a bank giving you a loan. And I'll tell you this from experience. I was in a band called The Rebel Medium. Great band. Still friends to this day with the lead singer Jackie and our drummer Ernie. We had a chance to, I think it was releasing an EP or release uh, a song on a compilation. And the record label, I forgot the name of them, I apologize, it's, it's been 10, 11 years since this happened. The record label didn't want to pay us up front any advance for any recording that we would have given them and in fact said that they would not pay for our touring but that they would pay for our advertising but we had to pay them back with interest. Now, unfortunately, this is the trap that a lot of young, unsigned bands fall for because they're blinded by the stardom. And I think that's very sad because it it, it puts a lot of these kids in, in a state of mind where they think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot and I'm going to try to put this out. But then what happens is their hearts get broken they would have ended up making more money working the fry cook uh, position at McDonald's. They're, they're in debt for so many years. And the record labels, a lot of them would say, well, if a major label buys you out, then you won't have to worry about paying us back because, you know, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll take care of you. They're going to buy your contract out. Well, how many bands has that happened to? The only band that I really remember that ever happening to was a band called Inside Out. Inside Out was on Revelation Records. Inside Out had Zach de Arrocha on vocals. And if I recall correctly, Sony Epic either bought out that 
album, the, not that album, they bought out that band from their contract, Zach hooked up with Tom Morello, and they became Rage Against the Machine. That's the only time I ever remember any band succeeding from being on an independent label, getting signed to a major label where it was prosperous. And that's not knocking bands like Coheed and Cambria, then Sevenfold, who started on labels such as Equal Vision and Hopeless Records. But, I mean, let's face facts. In the 90s, I don't think anybody, I don't think any band, probably, with the exception of Pantera, reached the level of success and notoriety that Raging Against the Machine did. Whether you agree with their politics or not, this isn't up for political discussion or debate. This is just facts. So, that was then, and the musical climate that we live in now is now, and people need to wise up and realize, you know what, you could still be a musician, you could still put your material out there, and you don't have to make a million dollars for you to put the music that, that, that you want out there. Not everybody's dream theater, not everyone can... Or, or, or a rush. Not everybody could have a um, a clause in, in, in their contract saying that the record label will not interfere with their musical output. Not everybody has that luxury. But when you're doing it for yourself and when you're willing to risk, you know, putting your music out there for people to either laugh or or, or cheer or boo or love or buy it or whatever, guess what? You don't have anyone to answer to. And that's the great thing about art. That's the great thing about music. And you should never, ever allow anybody to dictate to you what your value should be as a musician. Do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. Don't do it for validation because guess what? You put material out there that's of value to you. That's the key word. I know I've been saying that word value a lot, but value is something that's uh, relative to who you are as a person. And if you put something out there that people are going to want to listen to, and if you promote it, people will come. People will definitely come. So that's why I say music is life. Because in my eyes, whether you're playing in an original band, whether you're playing solo, whether you're playing in a cover band, you put out there what you want people to hear from you, and you know what? It's the best feeling in the world. It's 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 something that you know you you can't buy. You can't buy that 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 love for 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 what you put out there, regardless of what kind of situation it is. And I really want to give a shout-out to all the bands out there that are killing it, that are playing on stage, that are releasing music, they're releasing videos, they're releasing content, you know, and I wish all of you guys the best, you know. Unfortunately, this is a rat race where, you know, usually the music that hits the hardest with, people is what succeeds in the end and just don't give in to the machine that's all I gotta say want to give big shout outs to uh, some of the original bands out there 
uh, my buddy Tom or Doc Reinhardt in uh, the grave, Doc Reinhardt at the, and the Grave Jinglers. Big shout out to Q the Pilot. Big shout out to Terror Garden. Uh, those are three of the original acts on Long Island that I got to give a lot of love to. Big shout out to Randy Jackson of Zebra, who's still out there playing shows and entertaining people, whether it's solo, whether it's with Zebra, or whether it's with uh, the uh, Symphony Orchestra doing Symphonic Led Zeppelin. Uh, big shout out to all of my friends in tribute bands out there Neon Knights, Snakes and Arrows. Um, so many to mention, but there are a lot of them out there. And big shout out to my fellow friends in the cover bands, uh, especially Panic, uh, my boy Gary, who I love, and they got a great band out there. Got to give it up to 100 Proof. And I want to give a big shout out to my own bandmates in Hard Drive that are out there killing it. And also want to give a big shout-out to one of the local music shops in Long Island on Plainview, uh, Guy Brogna of All Music Incorporated, uh, located in Plainview on the corner of Woodbury Road and South Oyster Bay Road. Uh, great, great music shop. You can get music lessons there. You can buy everything from electric to acoustic, guitars and basses, uh, drums, amplifiers, brass, woodwind, you can get so much stuff over there. Go to All Music Incorporated. You can find them uh, online at allmusicinc.com. You can also check them out. Uh, I think their eBay handle is Music Dungeon. Also want to give a big shout-out to a lot of my friends out there in the podcast world that are doing it. If you're into pro wrestling, check out my boy Shaheen with his partner Boxman doing the Hot Tag Podcast. Also, a big shout-out to Ralph Vieira, Dr. F. I'm trying to keep this G-rated because eventually I'm going to have my wife on and my wife's a Catholic school teacher, so I don't want to make this uh, dirty. Anyways, big shout-out to Ralph Vieira and Wadzilla, a.k.a. Ian Wadley, of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Also, give Ralph a listen to on the Vieira Vault. Definitely want to give a big shout-out to a man who I would say made me feel comfortable enough to want to start a podcast in the first place, and that was just because I loved what he was putting out there. Um, Mr. J. Cap Morris of Yakuza Kick Radio. Big shout-out to my brother-in-law, Michael Lamont of Mara. Mike, proud of you, killing it out there. And uh, let's see, I forget any other podcast. Oh, yes, uh, Decibel Geek Podcast. Yes, another great podcast if you're into listening to two guys, uh, Aaron and Chris, uh, who know music very well, and they're out there putting it out there every week, and these guys are great. Please give all these podcasts a listen. You can find them on uh, iTunes. Well, but you know, the... Uh, uh, you can find it on uh, your iPhone. Just, <laughs> just you know, listen to the podcast. But anyways, uh, I'm cutting out over here because I really think that I said everything I had to say in a half hour. Really happy with what I put out there. And I will be back with more episodes. I will have special guests. And if you have any topics you'd like me to discuss, such as any history that I've had, um... Uh, you know, I realized that I, I kind of went from talking about 
where all the venues went to why they're all gone to what people could do to put their music out there. But I think it's really all relevant. You know, it's it, one's definitely tied in with, with, with the other, you know, I definitely feel like there's a place for cover bands. I say that because I'm in one, but you know, I'm not going to lie. I uh, want to see, um, a lot of original bands still go out there and, and, and put their material out there. So I got to give it up to venues on Long Island, such as my father's place and uh, Revolution in Amityville. My father's place is in Roslyn. Um, 89 North, who still hosts original acts. In fact, I think uh, Jakey Lee uh, and uh, Red Dragon Cartel is going to be playing there at the end of the month. So go check that out. Uh, big shout out to Kevin Castle and uh, Nikki over at um, and John the Doorman of Blackthorn 51, uh, probably the last bastion of original music in Elmhurst, which is not too far from my old uh, stomping grounds in Astoria. And that's really all I got to say. Uh, thank you all for listening in to the Music is Life podcast. And. The only final words I want to say is don't let your dreams die because people tell you to. You have value in the world. Put it out there. If you get everyone to listen, you're luckier than most. But if you can get one person to listen, you're a blessed person. All right. Well, you take care and see you in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Music is Life podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm and Ratsad Review. Check out the other shows on Ratsad Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man Metals Musings, The Right Opinion, The Vieira Vault, The Timo Toki Podcast, The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, and The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. Graphics by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find them on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by The Rebel Media, written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leuk, and Lou Mavs. If you'd like to donate to the channel, please donate to our PayPal at musicislifepodcast at gmail.com. If you're in a band and you want us to review your music, then contact us at Mavs at musicislifepodcast.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle. With much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, check out www.musicislifepodcast.com. And don't forget to check out www.ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers.